So I really am an advocate of working with angels and beings of light and helping people connect with what I would call helpful beings, you know? So I think the, <laughs> the being that you're talking about was not a helpful being. Nah, it wasn't cool. uh, you could- and now it's time for another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. I have this really cool guest that's coming on with me tonight. Her name is Laura Powers, and she is a celebrity psychic. We've seen her on all of the major networks, on the television, on a variety of different talk shows, showing her craft and demonstrating her craft or her talent. I'm not sure what to call it, but she's going to help us learn along the way. She's also an author. She's the host of her own podcast. She's this crazy creative entrepreneur, takes it from the same approach that I do. Her goal is to help others. That's it. She just wants to help others, and she's gifted in a way that allows her to do that from a very unique perspective. So let's learn more about it. Laura. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to connect with you here today. Thank you so much. I was really stoked when you reached out. I was like, oh my, what? Who am I? She reached out to me and said, <laughs> you want to swap episodes? I'm like, yes, hell yeah, I want to swap episodes. Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. You know, so we were both speakers at VidFest, which I think is an incredible conference. And I, yeah, we were just on the call there for the speakers. And I was like, I should reach out to Larry. I think that'd be really fun. I'm all about, like you said, helping others, but also just like, you know, if someone I want to talk with and I think they're interesting, then... I think it's even more fun. That's cool, man. I'm going to have the big head before this night's over. I tell you what, (laughs) this hat's not going to fit, but I am excited to learn more about you and what you do. I know that those of us that aren't psychic always wonder, how does it work? And I heard you describe it on one of your videos as, well, a video. You got to see what they show you (laughs) on a video. I was like, wow, that's kind of a cool perspective. Tell me more about you and and how you realized you were gifted in this way and, and how you decided to use it for you know, the, to help others and grow your businesses. Sure. So ever since I was little, I was like the kid in the sixth sense where I saw dead people that looked solid to me. Like they would look alive. In fact, it was confusing for me because sometimes I couldn't tell if someone was a live person or a spirit. And this was very confusing. I thought maybe I was crazy because, you know, what do you do when other people don't see what you see? You know, other people weren't seeing these beings. And so I remember asking my mom when I was maybe about seven years old, if she saw things and I knew based on her response that she didn't know what I was talking about. So basically confirmed for me, other people aren't sensing this. I better keep it to myself. So I I proceeded to just try to keep all to myself and just live my life very analytically, like kind of try to block it out as best as I could. And fast forward many years, I had a a pretty life-changing experience where a family friend described a ghost that I'd seen, but never told anyone about. And so that was the moment when I realized I I wasn't crazy. It wasn't all in my head, but I was still pretty freaked out. So I really, at that point, like hardcore blocked it out and basically tried to ignore it. And fast forward many years from there, and I ended up in a really bad place in my life. Like I was physically sick, I was unemployed, I was in a marriage that was falling apart. I went to a psychic just to try to figure out my life because it was a mess. Without, of course, me telling her, she said, well, you know, you're really psychic, and when you blocked it out, you blocked out your intuition, which made sense to me. So I started to take psychic training classes and set the intention to open back up psychically just to get my life back together because my life was a mess at that point. So this was during the recession. As I started to take the classes, we would do like practice readings for each other. 
people started to say, wow, you're really good at this. You know, and I started to get requests for readings, you know, not my plan at all, but it just kind of unfolded and that ended up becoming my work. So, wow. you know, my master's degrees in political science, like this was way out of the box for me. <laughs> I worked in government and politics. <laughs> you know. So it was a huge life change. And yeah, so, uh, you know, it's just kind of developed and, and then I very quickly got media attention. And, and I think that's because my, one of my big life purposes is to help people understand the psychic intuitive realm. And one of the ways to do that is in getting in front of people on camera or on podcasts or whatever. Very cool. And, you know, I, I know a lot of folks call shenanigans when it comes to psychic activity or spirits or demons or angels that are that people see. But I'm coming from a place that I experienced it as well. And mm. I didn't know if you'd heard this story. I t I've only told it, I think, one other time on a obscure podcast. I was uh, about 17 because I still lived at home. I went to Christian school my whole life, right? So there came a point where that really wasn't validating life. I was like, this if, if you're living a Christian and all this is happening, ah, there's got to be something different that, that works out a little bit better. So I decided to flip the script and go, eh, let's take a look at Satanism. Well, <laughs> well let's go to the whole other side here. Yeah, you know, I'm a very extreme kind of guy. I don't do anything half-assed. It's either we're over here or we're over there. So I mean, I understand. <laughs> so I went out and, you know, I might have had some sticky fingers back in the day. So I, I went to either Walden Books or B. Dalton or one of them. I managed to acquire a copy of the Satanic <laughs> Bible and a copy of the Necronomicon. And I wasn't like reading these prayers because if you've ever opened a Satanic Bible, there's a prayer and indoctrination to Satan right at the very front of the book. I intentionally, when I was going through this, I was telling myself, Okay, whoever's listening, I am not praying this. I'm just reading it. All right. So this is just, I'm just exploring it. Yeah, here. man. I'm just I'm just taking it for a test drive, bro. Don't don't take my soul. Okay. So oh my gosh. I was <laughs> So I had that and like I said, the Necronomicon, which is a book of spells. It's sort of a companion to uh, the Satanic Bible in a, in a way. One night, and I kid you not, I've I've told this I've test testified in front of churches about this as well. I woke up in my bed. I was laying there. Again, still lived at home, and I had an entertainment center on my left-hand side where my little 13-inch black-and-white TV was and my little, my little stackable stereo system here. And there's a figure there. Mm -hmm. And it's a shadow figure is the best way to describe it. Didn't have any facial features, per se, other than glowing eyes. They were very bright yellow. Very wow. muscular yeah, being. <laughs> 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 very, very muscular. Although he was a shadow, I could make out the form of this. It was, it was mm -hmm. definitely what you would perceive as a, as a male, right? Just because of the bill was, was massive and very, very muscular. And he was just standing there. It was the, the craziest thing was he had his, like he was facing me. So his right leg was up on the bottom shelf of my entertainment center. And he was propping his elbow up on the very top of it. Cause it's only like a, you know, four and a half foot tall or something. And he's sitting there and he's got that leg propped up. <laughs> And he's just leaning and he's watching me. Bro, that was the, I couldn't talk when I woke up. I couldn't scream. I couldn't yell. I couldn't do anything. But this spirit, this figure was there. And there's no ifs, ands, yeah. or buts about it. I got up the next morning. I grabbed, I kept it. I kept those two books because I had to hide them. I had, this, my, my household was a very Christian household. If <laughs> mom and dad saw them, I'd have got, you know, 17 years old. I still would have got a whooping. I had them in, a, in an old ammunition box, like an army surplus ammunition box that was metal. And I jumped up out of bed the next morning, got that box, ran to the backyard, and burnt both of those books immediately. To this day, I haven't seen anything further. 
But I believe 1,000% that that spiritual being visited me, and it was a very like ominous warning going, hey, mm. you say you're not praying it, but hey, brother, you're saying it, and it still counts. So that's kind of weird, man. Yeah. I mean, I do think that you need to be aware of what it is that you're calling in, you know, and what you're putting your attention on. And like, for example, I will really caution people against using Ouija boards for that same reason that you can open a door and you don't necessarily know what's on that other side if you don't know how to protect that space. And I have heard of situations with people having some pretty serious negative and intense situations arising of something like that. So you can open a door and if you don't know how to protect the space, you don't know how to clear it, then it can be an intense thing. I think it's a good choice that you made, I will say, to uh, get rid of those things. <laughs> I was getting rid of it ASAP. I, I wasn't throwing it away. I wasn't tossing it. I was burning it. It was going to be ash when I was done. And then that's exactly what I did. It was just, it was so trippy and it stuck with me really, really hardcore for years and years. And just to kind of put it in perspective as to how bad it was, this is so cheesy, but it's a little insight into Olaire. There was a movie back around 88, 89, something like that called Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Oh, I love that movie. I referenced that movie a lot for my work, actually. Oh, do you really? Wow. <laughs> Look at this synergy between the two of us right here. Yeah. This, this says we're <laughs> supposed to have this conversation. That movie, at the end of it, or close to the end, you start seeing these shadow demons. Mm-hmm. And yes. when those shadow demons were coming into the film, I had to get up and leave because it triggered such a response in me that I started shaky. I was crying. The chick I'm with is like, what is your problem, bro? Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm like, you just don't understand, man. You just don't understand. And I could, ne- <laughs> I could never watch that movie again. And to this day, I've still never watched the movie. If I come across it, I make sure I don't turn it on because that freaks me out. Now, I don't have as many reservations as uh, I did, meaning like I can, I can watch movies and stuff like that, except for Ghost. But it was so traumatic for me. How do you deal with situations like that? You know, you're talking about you can open up these, these gateways. Could you help someone find their way from a psychic perspective without opening these doors? Is that a skill set? Well, and by the way, there's different doors. I mean, there's doors to lots of different, you know, realms and types of beings. So I really am an advocate of working with angels and beings of light and helping people connect with what I would call helpful beings, you know, so I think the <laughs> the being that you're talking about was not a helpful being. Nah, he cool. uh, you, could, you could sense that right away. So what, whatever terms you're using, you know, I don't use good and evil, but a lot of people use that like dark, whatever, you know, whatever references or terms you're using, but you have a choice of what you are connecting with and calling in. And I like to work with beings that help people have positive, pleasant experiences, for example. And so, yeah, I, I caution people to be careful with what they're exploring. This happens a lot with paranormal investigation as well. So I've done a lot of paranormal investigation as a psychic medium. And for those who aren't familiar, paranormal investigation is when you go into a place that's haunted and you use different tools, you know, video cameras, heat sensing light, video recordings and different things to capture EMF, to capture different spirits. And so I would be brought in as a psychic to see what I'm sensing and maybe direct the investigation. So I'm feeling activity in this room and not in this room. And the thing is, there's a lot, there's spirits, there are negative entities, you know, demons, you know, again, helpful, not helpful beings. And then there's like ghosts are just beings that are kind of, you know, they're just not in the light. They're gray. They're 
just having their experience, you can bring stuff home. You know, you can unconsciously get tag alongs. <laughs> so it's just really important for people when they're exploring in these realms to do get some education, learn how to protect themselves, and also to learn to follow their intuition in terms of, is this a safe thing for me to do or not? And don't assume that something is a good idea or safe just because a lot of people do it, like Ouija boards. I mean, that this is marketed as a children's toy drives me insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, this should not be amongst the hands of children that don't know what they're doing and they mm -hmm. just by the way to this call in a demon you know <laughs> i mean you know i had the experience with a book i can imagine if i take a device that's like a telephone to the other side and yes, go, hey, exactly. hey anybody home anybody home and next thing you know they're chilling with me there on the couch that's not my gig you say get an education where do folks get an education i know you're an author of i believe it's what seven books yeah seven books on the psychic realm mm -hmm. wow so tell us something about those what, what about those seven books is there like a progression or is it different aspects of the spectral realm how does that work? Yeah, so I think reading is a wonderful way to start your education about this world, just to get an understanding of how it operates, just some of the principles. So my first book, Life in the Afterlife, is about my childhood, growing up, my abilities, and then some of the basic things that I've learned as a psychic. And then I have book, I have a few books on angels. One is called Angels, How to Understand, Recognize, and Receive Their Guidance. And I recommend it for everyone to ask for angelic help. They're just there to help us. They're amazing. A book on angels and manifesting, a book on archangels and ascended masters. So ascended masters would be beings like Jesus, Buddha, you know, Kuan Yin, these kind of elevated beings and the archangels. And then I have books on the psychic realm in particular, Diary of a Psychic. I, if you're into kind of the supernatural, some of the stuff that we're talking about, my book, Supernatural Survival Guide, is specifically on different types of supernatural beings. So, you know, demons, fairies, angels, vampires, whatever, you know, all different kinds. How to know they're around, how to protect yourself, different characteristics and principles. Yeah, so I have a, a lot of different books. And then I have Diary of a Ghost Whisperer, which is specifically about ghosts as well. Wow, that is, there is a whole lot of information information to unpack there. If you were a beginner, what would you say would be the best book out of your seven for them to pick up? Maybe the angel book, because that's nice and positive and, you know, you're, you're opening up yeah. some, some, some non-aggressive realms per se. <laughs> yeah, I think the angel book, the first book on angels, angels, how to understand, recognize, and receive their guidance is a great one for just someone who's just wanting to learn about and explore this world in a safe way. And then if you specifically want to learn about and understand psychic abilities, and if you have any and how they operate, then my book, Diary of a Psychic, has specific tools and exercises and really goes through all the gifts. Like, for example, I'm clairvoyant, which means I see. I'm also a little clairaudient, which means I hear. I'm an empath. I feel in my body. So, you know, everyone one operates differently. So it's important to learn like how you work. How does your intuition, how do your psychic uh, tools work? And by the way, I believe that everyone has some abilities, but it's just like any type of ability, music or athletics or whatever, you know, there's a range of natural ability. And then there's also training. So a lot of people have abilities, but they've never trained. So they just don't even know what they have. So to train, get a teacher, I teach, there's lots of amazing teachers out there. You can do it online, which is really cool. And then of course, just learning the reading, I think is a great way to start. Wow. Now I had heard you describe it once as again, I was mentioning in the, in the green room that I had watched some of your videos, some of the appearances that you made on talk shows, you were demonstrating contacting angels. And you had said something along the lines of, I got to see the video that they play for me or that they show me. <laughs> and whoever was sitting in the chair, I don't remember if it was. It was for that was for the BuzzFeed one. Yeah, there you go. And they go, what? You, you're, you're watching a video. What do you mean? So can you tell us about that? What do you see? How does it work? And I mean, as best as you can, can, can tell us, how does it work? You see things, you hear things, you kind of sense things as well. 
do you more often get the videos and how does that work? There's the psychic realm and there's the physical realm. So as a clairvoyant, I sometimes still see things in the physical physical realm like I talked about like I'd see a ghost like I once called the cops on a ghost because I thought I had an intruder in the house like they looked that <laughs> solid to me you know things like that but then you also there's the the, the pure hold on clairvoyant. hold on hold on yeah yeah it was super what? embarrassing <laughs> what did the cops say man when they showed up I think they thought I was just being like imagining things you know paranoid it was I it was when I was an adolescent I think I was like you know maybe 12 or 13 or something and they literally like four or five cops came with like guns drunk. So I said, there's someone in the house and I'm like here alone. And you know, it was scary. <laughs> I bet and, it was. Yeah. You know, but like I, as I got older, I started to piece these things together because sometimes a ghost would appear solid to me until they just do something that a, a live person can't do like fuzz out or walk through a door or something. So it definitely was confusing. And then it purely clairvoyantly and the sort of psychic realm I, I do see things. It's like a picture. It's like, I see like a, a spiritual or a psychic video of things playing out. Or sometimes I'll see a still image, like a photo. So when I'm getting information, I'm seeing things like that. I'm also feeling things in my body. So like, for example, whatever's going on with the person, I will feel that in my own body. And so that was confusing growing up because I didn't, like I would take, you know, meditation for headaches and things I didn't have and the <laughs> stuff, but I do that. And then I hear, I hear words and I'm telepathic. So I'll just get phrases, ideas, thoughts as well. So it's a combination of all of those things coming in for me at once. Wow. That's uh that's, that's pretty amazing. What do you tell the individual that thinks they've encountered something, but how do you validate their thought process? How do you validate whether or not they're making something up or they had a dream or it was a real experience. Is there a differentiator there? Cause I mean, what if I was just chilling that night and maybe I ate a little bit too much acid the time, you know, the <laughs> night before while I was working at Dairy Queen, I don't know. That might've happened. How would I know if that being, which I believe 1000% was standing there in my bedroom, whether or not it really was. Well, I think the factor of, you know, are you on a substance is certainly a thing. But at the same time, a lot of these drugs just literally open your channels up. Like I cannot take hallucinogenic anything because basically it can like pop open things. That I'm like, I'm already super open. I don't need anything. I did shrooms once and I'm like, never again. I cannot go through that. <laughs> it's right, just too right. much. So that's one thing is just because it's drug induced does not necessarily mean that there's not something happening there psychically, spiritually, not always, but it can be there. And the other thing is just to kind of go over it in your mind, you know, is there something else that might've caused that? If not, it's likely that you're picking up on it from somewhere, meaning psychically, spiritually. That's what I also want to give the caveat that sometimes we will be shown things psychically that are not necessarily there. And I'll give an example. You, you have your experience with your sort of shadow being that you saw. I had an experience as I was developing my psychic abilities where I, I would see things very clearly. So to me, a lot of times it's like a full on, very clear picture. I saw this being, have you seen um, the movie Legends, the like old Tom Cruise movie with Tim Curry? Yeah, but it's been forever. Do you remember Tim Curry's demon character? Yes. Yeah, the big red. I mean, he's, character he's hard with to forget. Like and... big red skin, oh, yeah. the huge horns, yeah. very muscly. And I, I psychically saw something very much like that, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like that's that's intense. What's going on there?" Like, but I'm an empath, which means I feel things and energy in my body. And so I saw this very scary looking being, but the energy wasn't matching. Like I wasn't feeling this very powerful energy, and I wasn't feeling afraid like I, I should you know for if there was a very powerful being in the room so I asked my angels and spirit guides I was already working with angels at that point I said angels show me what this being really looks like 
And they showed me this little puny, very powerless being. And so just because you see something doesn't mean that it's actually there. There's illusion or things can be presented in the psychic spiritual realm as well. So basically this was a very weak being that was showing me a very powerful being and then feed on and elicit reactions based on that fear of that big, scary looking creature. Right, right. And so even if you see something, even if it is psychic spiritual, there still might be some illusion or something that's not real about it, even in that sense, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. Yeah, I'm following along with what you're saying exactly. You you focus on angels quite a bit, and, and that's like your favorite uh, pursuit here. I just recently came across an article, and actually there was a video that went along with it, that was describing angels in a way that I had never heard them described before. It was a depiction that every, everything that they depicted in this video, they had scripture to back it up from the Bible. And none of it, none of it fit this perception that we have as angels in like flowing robes and fancy, big, beautiful wings of a dove and that sort of thing. How do you perceive angels? And do you see them as the the beings of light like we see? Or uh, do they have some other sort of, of metaphysical shape that they take on? First of all, I just want to share, there's a lot of different types of angels. And I think this is described in a lot of scripture that, you, right. you know, there are angels that don't even look like anything we would recognize. I mean, there's descriptions in scripture of like them with like dozens of eyes and, exactly. you know, animal yeah. parts and, exactly. you know, and, and I do believe that. I mean, I've sensed different types of angels. And th- that said, I think there are some angels that are more likely to work with humanity. And a lot of times they will present themselves in a form that, that we're familiar with in that kind of human looking form with the wings and, you know, in a way that is not scary to us. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> some of these other forms. So angels can create their form in a way to present themselves how they would like to be shown, but also there are some types of angels, like I said, as humans, I just don't even know that we're going to interact with at all. So I think it's complex in terms of that, but some of them do have a sort of human looking appearance, but I think their true energy form is, is perhaps not that as well. But I've had examples, like one time I had this angelic visitation experience and I could hear like so many wings beating, like it was like so many wings. And I think there you could have one angel with like so many wings, right? It does not just two. I think are more comfortable with thinking of them in kind of a more human-like way. So they present themselves to us sometimes that way. And I think we lose sight, especially when you start dealing with religions, we lose sight of the actual description of what you're, you're talking about, the angels, for example. And you also lose sight of the fact that we're talking about a spiritual realm here, folks. So right. the odds of it looking human are probably pretty remote, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I think this article that I was reading said that the cher- it was like it was like a cherub, but it was cherub- cherubin. Cher- cherubin, there you go. They seemed to be the most human, but they're also the least powerful. Like there were different power levels of, of angels. And as they became more powerful, it seemed like their images became more and more obscure and more less acceptable. If we were to come across one, we probably wouldn't appreciate the experience. I think that their true form is very intense and they have to show themselves in a way that is not terrifying to us in some cases. And also, I mean, there's some fascinating elements of this. I do believe that angels can become physical. I've had some pretty interesting experiences with that. And there's some reason to believe, for example, that angels may be actually a bit radioactive and that like, you know, there's these, these descriptions of, you know, people, certain cities catching on fire or whatever in the, in the Bible. And maybe that it's this kind of like almost radiation fire or something. I don't know. It's, it's a really wild situation. Right. I do think that generally 
angels are very loving of us, um, but they also are very powerful. And that's one of the things I want to share. You know, there's this idea in sort of mainstream culture that they're these kind of soft, fluffy beings. And there are some angels that are like that, but there's also a large variety within the angels. So you get like an angel like Michael. He's like a warrior. He's strong. He's powerful and not super fluffy right, but I mean, <laughs> in his approach, you know? So, and he, then we have guardian angels and some of the guardian angels, which are really working on our lives kind of on a, on a smaller scale might be more of that kind of soft, gentle approach that we tend to think of with angels. My, my guardian angel is really hating life. I'll tell you that. He's like, <laughs> how did I draw this? This is ridiculous. Aren't there other humans? There's like 6 million or something, right? Why did I get this guy? I don't know, but it happens. I do think the angels as a whole are very loving and accepting of us. And, you know, this is a strange thing that we're doing, this incarnation journey. And we, we kind of forget. We forget our immortality. We forget our soul learning when we come here. So I think they also have to have patience with us for that. We're in a very negative space right now in the world that we live in, especially in, in, in our country. I'm sure there are other countries that are much worse off regardless. But we're still in a very tense time in our country. Do you feel there's a way to overcome that tension from a spiritual perspective? One of the things I'm trying to do a lot of right now is to help people move through fear. There's so much fear being triggered right now, fear of death, fear of, you know, losing money, fear of illness, fear of, you know, so many things, losing control. I was shown psychically that one of the things the pandemic and these societal things are doing is helping people move through fear. And one of the ways we do it is kind of that walk through the fire, face the fire and then burn it off like clear. So I feel like what's happening is actually a huge spiritual shift in terms of our society. And that's not to say that it's easy, but on the other side of that fear is really awesome stuff, you know? And for me during the recession, I had like my own sort of reset. And I think we're having that when now on a much bigger kind of mass scale. So during the recession for me, I lost all my money. I lost my house. I lost my you know, marriage. I lost my way of making a living. Like, you know, and I say that now because that's how it felt, but actually it was just like anything that wasn't aligned with me was kind of being cleared out. And so I think the life that I'm living now is so much better and more magical than the one I was building towards and that I was leading. And I think that's the case now. So there might be the perception of a lot of these things being negative, but I do feel that on the other side of, of them, there are some in, pretty incredible rewards. We, if we can especially move through that fear and, and really learn to listen to our intuition and what we're being guided to step into. And the more easily we let go of the stuff that isn't working, the better and faster those rewards come to us. Wow, that is awesome. And I ask that for a reason, because you may not have noticed on my social media, as of January 4th, well, I have to work January 4th, but as of January 5th, I am a solopreneur, and I'm walking away from a 21-year career as wow. an IT analyst, and I'm stepping out doing podcasting and course creation and a variety of other ways to uh, to make a living that currently not able to do because, I mean, I have a full-time career. Come January 1, I'm going to take that step. I feel... Like, this is the opportunity to do that. But, uh, of course, a lot of people are going, dude, you're freaking stupid. You're in the middle of a pandemic, and now you're stepping out? Come on, man. You think this through. But certain things have lined up in a way that makes me go, you know what? This is the opportunity that I need to take. If I don't take this opportunity, another one will most likely not present itself. I'm 48. 
YOLO, baby, right? I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so <laughs> do, 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 you see, do you see any positivity maybe kind of flipping the script a little bit in 2021? Absolutely. I think it is It is that time to follow the dream and whatever it is that is your sort of heart, soul, purpose, desire, dream, follow that. And that same thing happened for me. And I think in my case, it kind of took the the life that wasn't aligned for me to be taken away you know, it kind of had to be forcibly taken away because I'm stubborn <laughs> for me to make that choice to to do the other path. But now I'm so happy. So I think it's great. I think this is the best time. Honestly, what an amazing time to be an online business, to be podcasting. Like this is the time when everyone is like, oh, I get this is important. You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. we are online. This is, I, this is, has to happen now. So I think this is the best time ever in a lot of ways. And if you're feeling that call, a lot of times that those desires, that pull is our soul telling us like, hey, this is, this is what's good for you. This is what's going to be better. And also it doesn't really matter how practical something is. And I'm putting that in quotes because if something is aligned or not aligned for you, that really determines how it goes for you. So in my case, is it practical to be a psychic? Probably not. Is it practical to do a lot of things I've done? No. Is it working for me? Absolutely. Right. It's not about just the analysis because it's not just a purely analytical world. It's a, it's, you know, I feel like as a society, we've forgotten the sort of soul element and we, we think of things in a very purely logical, analytical material terms. But one of the things that's happening with this big shift is it's time for like, Hey, we need to bring in the intuitive. We need to acknowledge that deeper soul aspect. And that's happening on a massive scale right now. Whew, I feel better. Thank you. That's, that's great news. <laughs> that's great news. You know, and that's one of the things that I, I've mentioned a couple of times. It's tragic, but at the same time, it's been beneficial, you know, having the lockdowns and having COVID hit us this year. It's really brought an awareness to online activity and online businesses and how being online can be just as, if not more impactful than our traditional methods of careers and employment. I was just say this is this is the best year I've ever had financially, you know, and so I think it's, it's important to remember no matter what's happening in the sort of collective overall, how things play out for you can vary a lot. And so much of what plays out, it has to do with, are we following our alignment? Are we following our intuition? Are we moving through fear? Are we getting wrapped up in making decisions from a fear-based place instead of like one that's filled with faith and opportunity? And I really do believe it's not like hate versus love. It's fear versus love. You know, fear causes you to retract. It causes you to pull in. And, and what's happening now for a lot of people is there's the tendency to pull in when really what the best thing is going to be for us is to step forward and expand in order to have a better experience. Awesome. That is great. Very reassuring. And I needed those words. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. It was when I started to do the things that didn't make any sense, but were intuitive to me that the really amazing things started to come in. Like my life is pretty magical. Like I have incredible clients, really high level clients. I work with celebrities, you know, on TV, you know, doing, I did the big podcast with Will Ferrell. Like how cool is that? Like I was in a room with Will Ferrell being interviewed by Ron Burgundy, like ridiculous, you know, very cool things. If I had just been living my life, like analytically, logically, these incredible things and travel, you know, things that a lot of people just can't even imagine that would come into their life. But it's, I don't feel that I'm special in that way. I just have learned how to tap into that and call it in. And everyone has that. Like if there's someone you're looking at and you have jealousy or you want that, just know that if, if you're feeling jealousy, that's almost always your soul being like, I want that. 
And you can, you can have those things if you know how to bring it in. You just got to go take it, man. You got to do it. You, you have to take, yeah. put that one foot in front of the other and take it one step at a time and not let the fear control you and not let the fear tell you and dictate exactly how your life's going to go. So many people live in a constant state of fear that it dictates every action that they make. And it's yes. very tragic to see that because their lives could be filled with so much more, so much more energy, so much more excitement, so much more love, so much more prosperity. The list goes on and on and on. But when you let fear control each and every action that you take, all you're doing is suppressing the possibilities. You're suppressing your natural ability to excel. And once people learn to control that fear, they're able to step out and live so much more fulfilling lives. Absolutely. And it's a process, guys. I mean, you might literally be in fear of taking a class or, you know, starting a podcast or whatever that is. And I, and I also feel like it's in layers. So I'm working on shifting to even new levels that I've never been at before and there's fear cropping up. And so it's also not to judge your fear. It's a human part of the experience, mm -hmm. but don't let it take a hold of you. Like it's just recognize it, honor it, and then know that you can move past it. Exactly. It's a great balance in your life. Fear is good. Letting fear control you, that's where the mistake comes into play. But listening to that fear and going, oh, maybe I don't need to stick my hand in that fire. That's kind of a <laughs> smart way to follow it. And it's the same way throughout the, all aspects of your life. So listen to it, but don't let it control you. Laura, where can totally. everybody uh, find more information about you? Sure. So my website for my psychic spiritual work is healingpowers.net. So it's tied in with my last name, healingpowers.net. I'm on all the major media platforms, uh, social media. So Twitter at that Laura Powers, Instagram at Laura Powers 44, and then Facebook at Healing Powers. And then also, if you want to learn more about me and the sort of podcasting element, then that's on powershour.biz. Is Powers really your last name? I mean, that's kind of a convenient name for a psychic, is it? Is it, is it, is it really? <laughs> It totally is. It is. It is not my given name, but there's still a pretty cool story. So I was born in France. I had my father's last name, but then we left my father when I was five. And so I didn't feel connected with that last name because I wasn't connected with my father anymore. And then I also just didn't really like the name. And so when I got married, I took my husband's name just because I wanted a new name. Right. And then I got divorced and I was like, no, well now I don't want that name. <laughs> so I was at this place, like, what do I do? And so I decided to go on a family name on my mother's side. And Laura Powers is my great grandmother and she's the woman I was named after. So now I have her first and last name. And when I, when I went to that name, it really did feel like this is meant to be my name. Like it really felt like, yep, this is it. I never felt like my names growing up, growing up and then married. They never felt like me. Right. And it's fascinating because when I was writing my second book, which is about angels, I was researching angelology and the hierarchy of angels. And there's an order of angels called the powers angels. It's interesting because one of the things I do is help do space clearing. So I help souls, you know, cross over and go to where they need to go. And that's one of the things that the powers angels are said to do is to monitor and quote the celestial byways and help souls go where they need to go. So I think wow. it's fascinating. And when I, I was writing that book and I read that part and I just got like goosebumps all over because I was like, yep, this is me. This is what I'm here for. That's amazing. That is an amazing story. Wow. 
Well, that is a great note to end it on, folks. Laura, I got I got to thank you so much. This was a great conversation, very insightful. I didn't know how it was going to go. I wasn't real sure. I, I don't have a lot of psychics on the show, but man, you're so open and you're so giving, and you're just so nice and a lot of fun that it made the episode very refreshing. And I think all of my listeners are going to get a kick out of it. So hopefully they'll learn a little bit of something on the way as well. So thank you very much for coming on with me today. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This has been another awesome, and this was an awesome episode. Laura Powers brought it today, man. She answered a few questions that have been nagging at me my entire life. And hopefully she was able to answer some of your questions as well. Tell you what, do me a favor. Head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. Smash that subscribe button and subscribe to the Readily Random Podcast with Larry Roberts. And I will see you again next week. Take care. Hey, you can be